McEwen in the left wing. McEwen wheels in front and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Cam York's first in the natural. And it's 2 1 Philadelphia. This is episode 82 of the Liberty O. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stavo. As always, how are you, buddy? Better than last episode, but not too well. Really? When it comes to the Flyers. Are you really better, though? Yeah. A little bit. You processed it a little bit. Nah, yeah. It was the end of the world for me last episode. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you, bro. Like, there was no, like, scenario where I'm like, all right, light at the end of the tunnel. But now I'm like, whatever. I'm moving on. On to different things. Yeah, I I feel like the feeling still hasn't changed. I just feel like the way that we processed it has changed, obviously, since it's been... Time heals everything, as people say, but... I, mean, I I don't know about you, man, but I, I'm still waking up just, I don't want to say mad. I think I'm past the, the mad stage. I, I, I think I'm, like, in the grieving stage, the grieving stage, if you will. I'm just, like, I'm waking up every day just like, damn. <laughs> like, damn. We didn't, like, aggressive retool went into a, went to nothing. It just, we didn't do anything. And it's just frustrating because of what he said at the end of last season, going into the summer and everything in between. It was just, I, I wish, like, there's no direction, which we've seen so many people say over the last couple of months. And it's true. There really is no direction. Like, they're doing, just he's just waking up and deciding to, to do one thing one day and then just he 180s the next day. It just, it makes no sense. It's, it's frustrating. I, I definitely still think I'm in the grieving stage, though. Not, not I think now I'm more mad at myself, to be honest. I'm mad at myself for even, like... Because going into this retool, we said it time and time again. Like, it's probably going to fail. Like, we know that. Like, we wanted yeah. to rebuild because it's such an uphill battle. And, like... No, see, the, the thing about this retooling thing was me and you sat here and we said, okay, if you're going to do the retooling thing, is, is Chuck really the guy to do it? Like... Uh, <laughs> If we want to trade these guys, do you trust him trading, like getting full value for, a, say, a Travis Konechny or, or turning around and, and, and trading Sandheim or Provorov, one of them? Because the top four, you're going to be paying huge money if you decide to keep all those guys and then keep Sandheim, um, depending whether or not Ryan Ellis retires. But it's just the more and more I'm thinking about it. I mean, I think I said this to you the other day. Like, now that everything's happened, and Johnny Gaudreau's a, a Blue Jacket, and then Kachuk went to Florida and all that, I, I'm kind of glad in a way that he's not trading anybody away because of the fact that I don't want him to be the one to do it. And I think that's where I am. Maybe that's just me trying to twist this in my own in my own kind of way, I guess you can say, but. Personally, right now, how I feel, I'm like, okay, I'm glad he's not tra- trading, like, packaging Konechny and Sandheim up and seeing what he can go get. Because I don't trust him to bring back the vet, the, the right value of what that should return at this point in those two guys' career. So, maybe that's just me look at, trying to twist it to make it look like a good thing. He did absolutely nothing this offseason, but, like, I mean, that's where I'm at. I don't know about you. Well, what scares me the most is how, after all this, he called this a stability year. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen a GM have two win now years where they're picking lottery picks. <laughs> yeah, stability from what? <laughs> and and is given now a stability year. Like I don't understand this at uh, all. Man. Stability to means my job is safe. When he said that, that's what I that's what that translated to me. Stability year, aka I'll be here next year. 
I mean, yeah, there's no sense of urgency whatsoever. So I mean, I I don't blame you for going there. I mean, stability. It went from retool, retool, retool till the next time we heard him talk. This is a stability year, and then Charlie O'Connor asked that question, and he kind of like snapped back at Charlie. He was like, "It's a retool, Charlie." Like. So obviously not wanting to be up there and facing the PR heat that obviously all of this came with. But what was retooled? Yeah, that's what I mean. The coach? Yeah, we talked about it last episode. What was retooled? Absolutely nothing. Like, what are we stabilizing? Are we stabilizing a top five pick? Dude, I'll 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 tell you what they did. (laughs) After a shitty year like last season, all they did was swap out an interim coach and bring in a defenseman. (laughs) And and a fourth line player with a no-move clause. That's exactly what they did. And I mean, I texted you a couple days ago. This is what essentially he's banking on. He's banking on Couturier and Hayes to come back healthy. Obviously, that helps. But me and you talked about how much does that help. He's relying on Provorov and D'Angelo clicking, obviously. Because, I mean, D'Angelo's going to put up points. It's just a matter of whether or not him and Provorov can be a top pairing uh, defensively against top lines of other teams. D'Angelo... Couturier and Hayes getting healthy. He's relying on Frost, Cates, Tippett, Konechny, Farabee, all those younger guys. York. Um, I don't think you really can put Sanheim in that in that group yet. But all those guys I just named, all of them to to take a next step under Tortorello. And Tortorello is the next guy that he's depending on to really kind of light a fire under this group's ass. Because essentially they are running it back with Tortorello. He's thinking that maybe Tortorello can... Yet a, hold on, before I even finish that sentence. Yet again, this group... Gets another coach. <laughs> I just like as I'm going through that, I just kind of hit my head. This group gets yet yet again gets another Bro, coach. Voracek goes, Giroux goes, but JVR survives it. Yeah, I know. They blow up the entire core except for the one piece that everyone unanimously agreed needed to go. Yeah. Fuck off, dude. And I don't care about asking price. Like they had years to do this. Like I've 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 called for this for years personally. I've been watching this guy glide for years. So it isn't like this just pulled up on me in the last two weeks like it did Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, you've been saying that for on, on the pause since we were, like, 19. So, But outside of the, the new coach and Tony D'Angelo, what makes this gamble different than the last two seasons? Nothing. He's just doing the same thing. He, he's, he's relying on Couturier and Hayes getting healthy, the young guy stepping up, D'Angelo adding some offense, and then Hart being good behind towards assistant. God, I mean, that's that just sounds like last year. That sounds yeah. like the gamble last year. It's last year but with Tortorello as head coach. And then D'Angelo is a top pairing defenseman who can hopefully oh, actually play more than five games this year. So I mean, yeah. we well, I mean, at least last year going into the season we had uh, Giroux and Ellis. I mean, I know Ellis played five games, but like he was still there at the start of the season. Like yeah. this gamble going into game one seems even worse than last year's gamble. Personally, I mean, but. do you know what scares me, Danny? If I'm being honest, Zach McEwen is going to arbitration August eighth, I believe. If he signs a contract, which he probably will, there's a chance that our fourth line could be Delorier, Brown, McEwen. And that, it scares me, but it, it, it amuses me at the same time. Because, like, t- two days at work, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm pretty sure I tweeted something out. I'm like, if we're going to do this, if that is a plausible fourth line next season, then let's do this. I want one fight minimal from that line a game. If that's going to be my fourth line that I see rolled out there, I want at least a fight a game. At least. Like, nothing nothing less. B- 
because I mean, I mean, if we're really going to do this, this fourth line grinding tough guy, like he hits, he's a pros pro kind of thing. I mean, let's do it all the way through, and let's let's do, let's bring the Brawl Street bullies back. I mean, if we're going to lose, I want to see some dudes throwing hands. I mean, <laughs> like I'm going to watch the games. Like, I'm not going to be one of those guys that like, oh, don't buy tickets, let them suffer. Like like their pockets are hurting. Like Comcast Spectre's pockets are hurting from me not me not going out and buying a Flyers hat. Like. I know. It, it's that, ridiculous. Dude, like, 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 newsflash to everybody. Like, the, the TV network is owned by Comcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, if you watch the team on TV, you're still lining the pockets regardless. <laughs> like, it's a lose-lose. So, go to the game if you want. Buy the hat if you want. No one, It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, if you like the hat, buy the hat. It's probably a nice hat. But, no. Seriously, the team will the be better line. to watch this year. They'll be better to watch this year. I just don't know if they have, overall, the personnel to... How do you feel about the fourth line thing that I just said? Oh, dude, like I said, I'm here for it. I'm here for the, the, the torts, whatever he's going to make us do, whether we're going to check hard or, and fight a lot or we're a hard team to play at when we're in our own building. I'm here for all that, dude. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. I'm at here this for point, two right? one wins. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. I mean, clearly. <laughs> Look no. at the lineup. Look at the coach. It's not going to be pretty, but I'm here for it. If they're good this year, and that's a huge if, they're going to win games – 2-1, 3-2, 4-2 with an empty netter. Like, that's the kind of games they're going to win. They're going to win a, a, a structured defensive kind of game with Hart playing well or Sandstrom, whoever ends up being the backup. And then the offense squeaking out a couple goals. Because, I, I mean, you look at this forward group, and it's just meh. That's something. I mean, that's the only word I get for it when I take a look at it. The, the, the guys that, as of right now, if Chuck doesn't make any other moves, are going to be on the team. Uh, opening night, so I mean, just just if they're if if they're good, I mean, like I said, that's a big if. It, it's gonna have to come from gritty kind of games, and I'm not just saying that because of gritty, but it, it's gonna have to come from just not, I would say boring because our tourist does have a fun style of hockey. He does let his players play, so not not boring, but like Danny said, it's gonna be three two two one games with Hart stepping up and. And the, and the defense playing well, hopefully. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of work for Torts to get this team to to play that kind of hockey. I mean, I, I don't think the beginning of the season is going to go well. I mean, that's how I think. I think it's going to take some time for this roster to get, I mean, like used to Torts, if you will. But I think, I mean, at a point, I think they'll they'll hit their stride. Yeah, quote, unquote, stride. It'll be like message received sort of thing, and they'll mm-hmm. start clicking. I mean, we already. We talked about it privately. Like Torts is already using this, um, the fact that no one's given them a chance as a motivational piece. Yeah, and that, that's just I like that. That's what a good coach does. He pushes those kinds of buttons, dude. I want that to be the message in training camp. Look at like I want I want him to pull up every beat writer's article from July thirteenth and be like <laughs> everyone's t- everyone's writing you off this year, everybody. Yeah, and it's not just local people too. It, I mean, it's it's national. Like you said on the pod last last week, it's everybody is laughing. At the Flyers right now, people are laughing at the fact that they signed Delorier instead of going after Johnny Gaudreau, and that they prior- uh, they prioritized resigning Ristolainen instead of going after Johnny Gaudreau this off season. I mean, there's, I mean, and, and that's a tough argument to make because I mean, how is Chuck supposed to predict, even though we all guessed that Johnny would leave Calgary, but how is he? The year, uh, last year, it's supposed to be like, oh, let me not re. I mean, a lot of people said that you could have flipped Risto for a first, and I probably would have at the end of the day, um, last trade deadline. But they wanted to re-sign him. They signed him for what, three hundred k less than what he was already signed for, I think. Um, I, I, I don't know. 
I mean, we'll see where things go with Risto. But, I mean, I don't think that contract is as bad as people say it is. I don't think he is as bad as people say it is. Do you agree with this? I think one of Konechny, Frost, or Farabee need to take a big leap from where they already are in order for that offense to... To actually be something? Yeah. I mean, Frost is From a where huge... they already are. Like, so Konechny's already a 24-goal scorer. I'm talking about him elevating a 30. For, like, Farabee, we've seen his stretches, him go quiet. With him, I'm talking about more consistency. And with Frost, I'm talking about just the breakout year in general. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's... It's gonna, obviously, a healthy Kateri and a healthy Hayes is going to help. But, I mean, Frost is a huge question mark and kind of a... Like a poker chip, if you will. I mean, because Joker he could, card. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but I was like, maybe not a Joker card, but yeah, something along those lines. He's definitely a guy that could be something and could bring scoring depth to that bottom six, if you will. Because I mean, him and him, Cates and Tippett were so fun to watch last year, uh, last fifteen twenty games, um, and he was just on Jason Maritis's. I don't know, I don't know if I just butchered his name, but Jason's show. Uh, today and I listened to that he's just it's good to know that he's coming into camp healthy knowing that he's not going to be up and down in the AHL so I'm excited to see where he's at and what he does this 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 season so yeah he's definitely a huge a huge poker ship if you will joker card Danny says like I'm not trying to take shots at anyone in the fan base but there's a lot of people and rightfully so that didn't watch the last 30 or 20 or so games because yeah. they were just they were meaningless completely don't don't and, blame you at all either yeah yeah totally don't blame you but just want people to be aware that those stretch of games when morgan frost played his best hockey and i, and I i'm aware that it didn't mean anything it was in garbage time if you will but he really started to find his stride like he was making plays nightly that he would find a guy guy would cut to the crease and he just wouldn't be able to finish it but you know like that's a point that's a, that's a play that creates a point right there. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he had a ton of a ton of games where you're like, okay, now this is what we've all been waiting for kind of thing. And, yeah, it did come in garbage time, like you said, but it's still good to see a young player play play that hard during a season that it was in the, in the dumpster. I mean, they were, like, top bottom five team in the league at yeah. that point. So, I well, mean, think about it like this. After the deadline, they had that conversation with Frost, remember? It said, you're up now. Yeah, they gave we him. We want you. To, yeah, they gave him a vote of confidence. Then, he's been good. Yeah, and he said <laughs> that. Yeah, he said that today yeah. on the on Jason's show. He was just like, it just that vote of confidence that towards the end of the last season really gave me like a a boost of just confidence. If yeah, that's what he said, just just knowing that I'm not going to be up and down yo yo kind of thing, and just finding my footing and and just moving my feet and playing better. And he did. And he was definitely like. <laughs> A good reason to tune into Flyers games towards the end of the season because there weren't many, but um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where uh, he goes last year. But I mean, I can't, can't stop thinking about that that fourth line, that potential fourth line, Danny. I know. Well, the one thing that you should take comfort in is what? hopefully Torts doesn't deploy them directly following a goal every single time. Uh, he will. You I'm, think I'm, so? Yeah, I'm ready to, to scream about that for sure. I just, nah, I hope his deployment's <laughs> better than AV because AV would, it would be bad. Like Barzell would tie a playoff game and then he'd be like Thompson. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Stabilize it. Not, not Sean Couturier. No, 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 no. not the Selkie. Why would we do that? Uh, yeah, bro. Funny as shit. Uh, bleed orange and black. 
how are we holding up, boys? I have no high expectations for this season. Just hoping Hart's not left out to dry. As far as backup goalie, I'm thinking it's going to be left with Sandstrom. Not impressed with this offseason. Just wanted to, just wanted to call it a rebuild and move on. Just want to see the youth develop. Let's fucking go, TLY. I feel that heavy. I feel that heavy. And the same thing with Hart not left out to dry. Hart's the one guy on this team where I, I don't think there's a lot of question marks with me with. I know if there's a good defense, good structure in front of him, he's going to put up star-level performances, especially Absolutely. on home ice. Absolutely, and I said it to you last night. He's the only player on this team that has superstar potential that you look at and you're like, okay, none of the skill guys, forward or defense, could be superstars. Frost could be a, a nice little player. Freire could still be a nice little player. You still got to see where York goes. Provov's still pretty young. Sanheim, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's true, like, superstar, like, franchise-altering kind of player. Frost. Hart really still has that ability to be that. And, I, I mean, I, I keep going back to what Tortorella said at the, the opening press conference. He, the first thing he said was what he wanted to implement into this team was, you can't leave Holly out to dry. That was the first thing that he said that he wanted to get situated. And, I mean, that really stuck with me because, I mean, Hart is a huge part of this team. And, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be the only ones mad this year if, not not if, when he gets left out to dry because it's going to happen. It happens I mean, not often, but it happens sometimes in hockey. But we're not going to be the only ones mad about that, which brings me comfort, Danny. It does. I love He's that he be addressed mad. that because Tortorella, right he, worked away. On, he worked on ESPN last year. You you just know he was covering yeah, he like a, a Flyers-Bruins game in like February, and he just saw <laughs> Hart just get torched on plays he had no chance on. That's been the theme of Hart's last two seasons. He He's electric until like December. He really holds you in this season. He, he gives you everything he got, and then it, it hits the breaking point last two seasons. Yeah, because he's he facing 40 him. shots a, uh, a night. Exactly, yeah. But, dude, the beginning of the season, like October game against Colorado, like he will save 38 of 40. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, absolutely. I've seen it the last two yeah. seasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've seen it for sure. Ever since his down season, he's been good. Uh, but speaking of Frost, he just signed his – uh, first real NHL deal along with Tanner Lazinski. They both just signed. Tanner Lazinski signed two year. The first year is a two way, and the second year is a one way, like worth like eight hundred thousand dollars. And then Frost is just a one way, one year, eight hundred thousand dollars. So good to get those guys locked up. Am I a weirdo for being worried about this uh, one year Frost deal? No. Why? Why are you worried? It, it, it's just a prove it deal. It's just. No, it's not. It's not like this year itself. I think it's next year. Like I feel like RFA's have been getting paid a lot. Like the theme of the last couple of years is that RFA's have been getting big contracts, and I just yeah. have a bad feeling if he has a good year. How, how good are we talking it? though? Because I mean, I think it would have to take an, an extremely good year for him to like throw his hand on the table and be like, "I want six million a year." Because I really it's do tough. think if he does have a decent year, they could lock him up long term for a decent amount of money. Because I don't think he's going to be able to request that much even if he does have I mean if we're talking he explodes and has a 60 70 point season this year I mean and that's 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 tough that's real tough because he's a 23 year old restricted free agent finally has the, like the first year in the NHL with with NHL line mates with a good coach good system and has 60 70 points that's a tough situation but I mean if he has like 40 50 points next year I mean I I don't think it'd be that bad but I do understand your concern Remember Ellie Tolvainen out of Nashville? Yeah. Got signed a couple years ago after putting up, like, I think he played a grand total of, like, 60 games, had about 30 points. 
Mm-hmm. Got a nice little deal, though. What did he get? I'm about to check it out. Oh, yeah, he's on RFA deal. $1.45 million on four years. Or three years. Yeah, he's a restricted free agent in 2024. So, yeah. he makes 1.4. It was before last season. Too, yeah, so I mean, 1.4 is fine with me. You want a lot of frost stuff for four years at 1.4. If he has a decent year, then yeah. That's, that's what I mean. I don't think he has much leverage, even if he does have a decent year. Now, if we're talking like 70-point year, which, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. That's I mean, not going to happen. That'd be, dude, I mean, that would be amazing. I don't think then, anyone on the team hits 70 points, bro. No. The highest the highest scoring player on the team last year was Konechny and Atkinson at 52. So Maybe Couturier. Like, if he's healthy the whole year, yeah. he might hit 70. Like, hit 70. I don't mean 78, 79. He might just hit 70 yeah. at the end well, of the year. K- Konechny's the only other one that I could see. If he starts hitting the yeah. fucking net, that'd be awesome. I give Connect Me a lot of shit, man, but it's because of what I saw out of him in 1920. Like, 1920, he elevated to a level where I really felt like he was going to become a huge piece of that core going forward down the line. Like, No, me too. It felt Absolutely. like every night he was showing up. Yeah, like, he was scoring the first goal or the second goal or a power play goal or making an assist every single night, it felt like. He was just turning up. Daggering teams, too. Yeah. He, he def- would pop wristers and make it, like, 3-1 in the third. He's got to get back to that first, uh, that shoot first mentality, and I, I really do think Torch is going to help there with uh, the way he was with Cam Atkinson. They're both kind of similar players, shoot first kind of guys. But I mean, his playmaking towards the end of last season was pretty good, despite us shooting on the fact that he couldn't hit a, hit, couldn't hit net to save his life. But definitely got to get back to that mentality of just shooting the puck more. But. Um, Hopefully Torch can help there. E a uh, big yoin on Twitter. What's the thoughts of Tippett not signing yet? Massive L if he walks. Um I I don't think there's any I don't think he walks. Any chance of him walking. No. I mean McEwen, I know he just uh he selected to file for arbitration, which is around like August eighth. So you still have to see what happens with him. Um and then Owen Tippett, no, I'm not worried about Tippett. He'll get a he'll probably get like a mill. Maybe a mil two. Nah, maybe not that much. Maybe he'll get 900, 800 like Frosted. Because they really don't have that much cap room right now. And I know that they, they can go over the cap until the opening season if they put somebody on LTIR. But, I mean, right now they really don't have that much. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I don't think there's any chance of him walking. Nah, me either. I'm actually looking forward to seeing him play. He's got a good wrist shot. And, yeah. um, definitely try to work on his shot. System. Being comfortable, I mean, like, think about it. Like, he comes into the city in March and is just thrusted it. He goes from the Panthers, although I know he's playing NHL hockey, but he goes from, like, a structured, good organization to an absolute tire fire in the middle of March. So, him getting a little more comfortable in the offseason, knowing he's a flyer going in, uh, I don't see a scenario where he walks, to be honest. That, no, he's definitely not They can't walk. take that PRL. They just can't. No. Must be on his rights. Strict or free agent. I don't think he... Gotta, he's got to do something. You got to trade his rights or something if you can't come to a deal. Um, parody goalie seventy nine, Claude Giroux. How do you think the fans will react to Giroux's return? Um, cheers. Um, yeah, it's gonna be cheers. Warm yeah, it's welcome, gonna be cheers. It's gonna be a thing. video on the board. He's probably gonna cry, like tear up on the bench. Teammates probably gonna skate over before the game, say what's up, as it should be. Yeah, I mean, they, trust me. A there's time. a lot of people still worried about Claude Giroux. I think it's time to move on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I don't mean you, whoever's asking the question. I'm saying a lot of people in general. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Just uh, people still bring <laughs> people still bringing him up like almost every other week. I know exactly what you're talking about for sure, for sure. 
Did you uh, did you happen to hear about like Torts being upset about what people are saying, what the fans are saying, what the national media and like the, the Flyers beat writers are saying about the team going into this season? You see, like he's like upset at it and stuff. Yeah, I love it. He's already pushing the buttons. And that's why I said first day of training camp. I want that to be the first thing he brings up. No one's giving you a fucking. That that is a motivational piece that has worked since the end of time, and will and will always work. Like it, it will always work. The underdog, everyone's yeah. counting you They're out. They're counting will fire you out. up anybody. Like that shit will work on anybody, especially no, yeah, on a I Philadelphia agree. team. Like it fits the bill. Like and you know he's we'll gonna be here use for it. it. He's gonna use it, for sure. And he's already like you said, he's already doing it through the media. So I'm not surprised if he. I wouldn't be surprised if he did use that uh, training camp rolls around. Uh, Jack goes. I literally have no idea what else to ask. So here's this: How many points do you think the Flyers will score? Will will have this season? That's interesting. I don't think it's going to be a lot, but I think it's going to be more than uh, more than 94. last year. Ninety four. Ninety four. Really. Yep. yep. Damn. I'm gonna say eighty six. I don't think I don't. Th- I'm not ready to go into the nineties, but I do think they're, they're obviously going to be better than. I think ninety four is what year. it's gonna what you're gonna need to get eighth seed in this conference. Honestly. I oh, think they yeah. barely pull that off. I mean, are you excited for an eighth seed run? I mean, the fact that we'll, we'll be in the playoffs, obviously I'd be all in. I'd be screaming and getting ready when I wake up. Especially with a sports team. I mean, like, I could just see myself being like, yeah, we're eighth seed. Yeah, but, we're take, yeah, we're taking on the Hurricanes. But Torts fuck. got them pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the way I'm going to be thinking. Absolutely. Torts got them pissed off. Take one on the road, go home, and just like that, I'm in. Like, <laughs> and you know we'll be right there too, despite all the shit talking. If they win hockey games, you know everything, all that goes away very quickly. So, we'll we'll see where things go. This matter of fact, I didn't mention Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe also signed his uh his deal one year, uh, two way kind of thing, uh, kind of contract. Uh, didn't mention him, but I mean you got Frost, Ratcliffe, Lazinski locked up. You still have McEwen, arbitration, and uh, Tippett. And then after that, everyone's locked up for the season. That's the 2022-2023 Flyers. So if they don't make any other moves from here. Which is ridiculous. I was really thinking that between last episode and this episode, we would have something else maybe to calm us down. But it, nothing. Nothing's happened. It's It's been our own thoughts that have to calm us down. But um, Jake just asked a really good question four minutes up? ago. Who has more points this season, Noah Cates or Frost? At the end of last season, Case was a bright spot, and that that's one guy I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, I mean, we that's just very interesting. About it. I'll, I'll say this: I think Frost has more points, but I think Cates might finish with more goals. I'll I'll put a lot of money down on Cates finishing with more goals. It's just a matter of who's feeding him the puck. Yeah, I mean, they might be on the same line. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like they, it might be Case Frost and Tippett. Case Frost and, and, and Atkinson, something like that. But I really do think they like Case and Frost together um, to start out. I mean, we'll see what Torch does. But I mean, if I had to say, I would say probably Kate, uh out of the season. Well, I don't know why I thought he he said trade deadline season. I would say Frost. But like Danny said, definitely more goals to Kate because Kate just seems like a, a finisher, dirty area kind of player. Yeah, I'll, that's, that's I'll just me being hopeful. Crease. Yeah, hopeful. It, it, it should be that way. Like, put it that way. Let's Frost just hope, should score yeah. more than Cates. Let's just hope it's not nine points to eight points kind of thing here. 
Like that's the, that's what yeah. we're talking like f- like fifty and above. That'd be awesome for for all that. Uh, our, our boy Johnny, the edits Johnny. With injuries to Brink and Faraby, who could you see surprising and making the roster opening night? Uleka. I don't know if I'm butchering that, Johnny, but Johnny Uleka. I mean, this this is really interesting because there's obviously some guys who can do that. Well, it sucks that Brink just got hurt. I mean, that really oh, that's just absolutely sucks, dude. I think there are a couple of guys. I mean, if Allison counts, he's one of them. Forrester's another. Day or yeah. is another. Yeah, um, those are the, those are probably the top three. I mean, Allison. I don't even know if you could like, if Allison's fully healthy, he's a pencil in for the NHL. So I don't even know. If yeah, re- if he yeah if he's healthy, he's playing in the NHL, hundred percent. And I have kind of a it's not my hot take, but it could be a hot take and another one another answer to this question. It could be Zamula making a team over York at that third pairing. Like if Zamula has a better camp and outplays York during preseason. That could be a that could be a thing. <laughs> you, you never know that they they can go put York in the AHL for a month playing top pair minutes and have Zamula playing. Like it doesn't like you never know. That would be crazy. But that's a that that that'd be a surprise making yeah. the opening night roster. That'd be Zamula at that third pairing. But my number one is Tyson Forrester. Yeah, Tyson Tyson making the team would be awesome. Because before he was derailed with injuries, every like it was just uphill trajectory the whole way. Yeah, was, I mean, he's improving. He's lighting up the AHL. It felt like, it felt like we had skipped a year on his development cycle. So I remember saying that repeatedly yeah. with how successful he was in the AHL. And given the fact that he was Chuck's uh, first round guy in 2020, I think he, um, if he earns it, I think he'll, he'll get the get the call. Yeah, I mean, him and Zane Wisdom were awesome in the AHL that that year when they both had to play because their their leagues were shut down. The OHL. They were amazing with playing with grown men. So, um, Forster wait, 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 wait. what? I want to say, you remember when the OHL? Remember when they couldn't check for a year? <laughs> yeah. So they didn't play hockey. They just didn't play hockey. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. That is not the only league that shut down too. I mean, I, I know other yeah. leagues shut down for like periods of time, but that's the only league that like shut shit down completely and really were not playing. Because they're the Ontario Hockey League, Ontario, Toronto. Yeah. Um, So we both said uh, Jack's question. Uh, Flyers fan 3344, what are your guys' ideal reverse retro jerseys you guys would like to see? I I would really like for them to bring bring back those old black jerseys. Well, I I know what they're going to be, though. Do you want me to – do you know what they are? No, but you can say it. Go ahead. It's uh, whatever our last uh, reverse retro was, but it's, it's white. It's like an away white one. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> like, but like obviously, yeah, I would like to see the uh, the 2007 black jerseys. Of course, I don't know why. Another another layup PR win that especially in, in this time <laughs> where the team's doing nothing right. It it seems like why not? Why not just make the damn black jersey, get some hype, and have people uh, be positive about your team for a couple days. I mean, that's I what know. I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm not thinking in terms of a of a, a a worker over there for Chuck Fletcher, like their PR people over there. I'm 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 walking up to him and being like, "Yo, can we do something to try to get on the fans' good side? So, like, can we hand a bunch of these rookies new numbers or something? Like, is something that might get a couple people excited 
because the, the the reply he's like the, the the person who runs the social media like the, the Twitter page is probably like the replies on this are just brutal. I just instantly mute the conversation as soon as I post. It's probably awful. But I mean, uh, like you said, just just no positives. So that's where we're at with that one. I wish I could run the Flyers Twitter because I would actually like <laughs> I would get some supreme enjoyment out of it. I would make a tweet. I'd sit there for a second and I would see ten replies immediately. Like, I click on yeah. it and it would just be like, "Announce Goudreau, announce Chuck fired." And I would you, just be. You would up. answer it though. You would say something cocky. Uh, yeah, yeah I, funny. I, I would. Let's talk about Brink real quick before we take in any more questions because we haven't really gone to depth about that, which sucks. This is this is bad injury. He missed five months following hip surgery. He tore his labrum and his left hip working out in the off season. I mean, that's just the. That's the second young Flyers player that got hurt during the offseason. Farabee's the other one that will miss a good portion of the season. I mean, Brink's going to miss more than Farabee. But, I mean, both are going to miss time. So, brutal. Seems like every year going into a season, there's one young guy, at least. At least yeah. one young guy who you look at and you go, he could play games on, on in the NHL this season. And then he just is injured the whole season. Yeah. I mean, so Allison... You texted me. I'm waiting for the 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 Wade Allison text, the the Wade Allison notification to drop because it just seemed like an every year kind of thing. Like you said, that one of these players go down before training camp even begins. Yeah, I mean, that's it, what makes this gamble so yeah, like confusing to me because you have a bunch of young guys who have been getting hurt unproven. I get it. You drafted them. You believe in them. But you also have a bunch of veterans who always get hurt, injury prone. So there's a lot of concern there. And it's, it's hurt the gamble the last two seasons. I mean, imagine Wade Allison, we get some injury news before game one of this season. Allison and Brink out for an extended period yeah. of time before the season even begins. Like, that's it's, it sounds I mean, like last year. Look at last year. Allison got hurt during the rookie game. Ah, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that could happen to these players. I mean, you know Forrester, Dayerne is going to be playing in that game. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where things go. It, it, it could be exciting a couple Cutter? of these kids force their way. Now, Cutter is probably going to be back at school at that point, I think. I don't know when rookie camp begins, but it would be cool to see him during, during that rookie game. I'm going to try to make that trip down to Allentown for that game. That would be cool. Uh, Seamus, our boy Seamus on Twitter, thoughts on Christmas in July? Danny loves Christmas. So I'll let Danny answer this one. Christmas in July. Yeah, what are your thoughts on it? What, what do you mean? I don't know. He just thoughts on Christmas in July. It's stupid. <laughs> you think like it's stupid? All. Yeah, Christmas is December twenty fifth, though. <laughs> Come on, it's got to be Thanks. cold weather. Cold weather outside. Got to be movies. Movies on the TV. So that's a no, Seamus. Danny does not like thought uh, Christmas in July. That's that how. No, yeah, I, I hate jumping. It's the same shit when I see back to school commercials in fucking June. Like, calm <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, I know. It's just jumping the gun a little bit, right? Um, <laughs> Ryan Conway, if you could only have one Parmesan style dish for the rest of your life, would you choose chicken, eggplant, or veal? And that's an elite question. Best question out of the group so far, in my opinion. I gotta go chicken. Chicken, oh, just, absolutely, chicken parm. Yeah, it's just mood. it's the classic. I feel like no one like it's it's hard really to <laughs> fuck that up, and like I don't know, my parents just do it so well, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like that's yeah. the, that's the main thing. I could cook you a mean chicken parm, bro. I got you one of these days for sure. Well, we'll get together for a Flyers game. 
We'll get together to watch the Flyers not be able to pass a puck, and then we'll have some. Yeah, bro, for sure. Absolutely. One more question. Bad F F a uh, PHX flyer. When w- ombre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when will the entire front office who created this ungodly mess be fired? Yeah, I mean that's where I'm at. For that's sure, where I'm at too. Because I felt like going into this off season, like it, with the way Dave Scott sat next to Chuck in March at that press conference, it really felt like a we're in this together. Chuck's my guy, sort of thing. So I felt like he was sold on a plan. As an owner of the team, if your team is sucked and you get ridiculed every single year, you, you probably just want results. You don't really care about the process. So I assumed he was sold on a plan of results. And I'm just left with confusion. I don't know where ownership's head's at. I don't know where Chuck's head's at. Uh, you could have told this fan base a rebuild. We would have been absolutely fine with it. Like yeah. Flyers fans aren't stupid. Like We, we know this draft is stacked. I mean, it, it, it's just some direction would be nice. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it all comes back to. There, there's no direction whatsoever. And it all comes back to me and you both saying, if you were to told us in some sort of way. Now, now we're not asking, we weren't asking you to come out and point blank be like, we're going to suck. But some kind of direction, some kind of like little hint that you're trying to lose or you're trying not not trying to lose. I mean, it's tough to say cuz obviously you don't want to go out there and try to lose, but the roster moves that you're making, like the Tony D'Angelo move, like Danny said last week on the podcast. When I first saw that move go down, I'm thinking, "All right, get the get the the engines revving. This is going to be the start of the offseason that's going to put it, us yeah. back on the map." Felt like the first domino to fall. Yeah. And like your 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 acquisitions don't make any sense to me. Because I look at the direction that you really want to go with the Delorier signing and the bringing Braun back, which I don't mind the Braun decision at all. But it just like there's no direction, like you said, and it all comes back to that. And until they do find a direction, which I don't think it's going to come with Chuck Fletcher. I mean, he's had how much time to have a direction? He, ha- I mean, <laughs> we bitch about the salary cap now. When he first acquired this team they had about like seven to nine million in cap space he he had he this is his fault he complains about cap room and how he didn't have cap space to go sign johnny gaudreau despite half these players more than half these players contracts are contracts from him hayes is him couturier's contract to him fairby's him Konechny's him. Provrov's him. him. Provrov. Everyone's him. Yeah. Harder, so, Carter Hart's him. So don't sit like, in front of me and cry about the cap situation when you're the reason why we're in this spot. And Carter Hart doesn't even, doesn't even have his fucking deal yet. And if he has a good couple years, well, we're you're, fucked. you're fucked unless you get yeah. rid of somebody. Unless Hayes is waving a no-move clause. I mean, not waving a no-move clause, but he, he does have a modified 10-team uh, modified uh, list that he could make yeah. that starts this year. But, I mean, unless you're trading away somebody crazy, then it's just insane, man. I just don't understand how you're going to get up there, complain and cry about the cap situation when you're the one. You're the reason why we're in the mess. You're the reason why you don't have cap space. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible the Flyers' ability to spend to the cap ceiling the last three (laughs) years and not have one player on the roster I look at and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, he's a star. I want his jersey. I mean, Couturier's great. I love (laughs) Couturier. Yeah, I know. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I'm saying. 
It's amazing at their ability to spend to the cap and have zero difference makers. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, like, like D'Angelo is a good player, but I'm not going out and buying Tony D'Angelo's jersey. Right? I'm, I'm cool on that. Like, I Here's don't something want for to. you. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Every single contract on the Philadelphia Flyers right now has been signed by Chuck Fletcher, except for James Van Riensdyk. Yeah, can't can't pin that one on him. Sorry. But I'm I, pinning not moving in him on him, which is worse to me. See, like, that brings it back to how pathetic, how pathetic it was for him to sit up there and complain and cry about the cap situation when everybody on this team, despite James Van Riemsdyk's contract, is signed by you. You shouldn't be a James Van Riemsdyk contract away, despite how bad it is, from entertaining Johnny Gaudreau. Like, I, I just don't understand how a, how an NHL GM still has a, a job after doing what he's done this offseason, telling the the bosses and the fans that he's going to do the retool and be an aggressive, and we're going to come back and be on the map, and we're going to be a good team this year. And then not doing anything, sign a fourth-line player, bring, bring a defenseman back, add Tony D'Angelo, and then cry about the cap situation that you created. That And then now that's where we're at. Like it just it it blows my mind. I don't understand yeah. how he still has a job. And I, I we, we asked for direction, and it felt like we just got lied to. After the year we just had, and it's like, damn, that takes some balls yeah. to sit up there and lie to the fans. Who, like even the fans who were still listening to that ESPN interview in March. Think about how many fans weren't listening to that because they weren't watching games. But the, to the fans who were, it fe- it felt like just a slap in the face. Like it was a straight up lie. Yeah. It was it was a calm down, chill out your outrage for a couple months. And we're going to fuck up again. Yeah, man, that's, that's really what, what it, it felt like. like. Yeah, I mean, we'll like, see. Like, we remember these things. Like, Philadelphia, this isn't Arizona. Like, you can't just say that shit, and it's fine. Like, John Middleton said blank check, and the city was <laughs> on his ass until Bryce Harper was here. Like, seriously. <laughs> he this said is bl- how it goes here. He said blank check, and he had to bring in Castellanos and Schwarber, bro. Like, yeah, had to bring at least he's backing it up. And, yes, he was stubborn with it. I remember for years he was stubborn with going over the luxury tax. But it's Philadelphia remembers when you make these promises. And if you don't follow through, like, we're not going to take your word on anything. We're not going to trust you on anything. Uh, no, nah, he's got to go. I mean, he's not surviving here, which I goes back to what I said the first 10 minutes of the pod. I don't want him trading away anybody now. Just stay pat. Stabilize all you want because you're not going to be here. Probably by – I mean, I don't think he's going to be here at the end of the year at all. I think – uh, trade deadline maybe before that I think he's he, he's gone there's, there's no way I mean I just don't see it but scary thing is I think I think he's here dude that's the scary part to me I, think I hope not man. this year I think when they say stabilizing year it's it's them self-admitting like yeah like even if we're shit we know it this is a I don't even understand what they're getting at with that stabilizing yeah, That's what I said in the beginning of like, the pod. Is what it like cement Tort's message for one year and then try it year two? Like, what the fuck are we doing? You said win now. <laughs> you said win now. And now you're saying stabilizing year? <laughs> Basically, he went from win now to middling. When we yeah. all wanted you to just fucking lose. Like, how hard is that? For the first time in our lives as a Philadelphia Flyers fan base, we pretty much unanimously, unanimously said to fucking lose. Like, we won't be mad. We want you to lose. Like, how many chances as an owner are you going to get that? Like, we can lose and be okay. <laughs> like, obviously, some people are going to be upset, but those who actually follow this team won't care because we've already been losing. That, that, that's, the, that's the news flash of it all. It doesn't get worse than the last 10 years. So you might as well just rip the Band-Aid off, get a hell of a stud player in this draft, 
But no, they don't want to do that. They want to pick 10th or 11th, or maybe hit an 8th seed. And it's the same thing that the last guy just got fired for. That's what we're continuing to do. Like he's middling yet again. Like we're middling yet again. Yep. Year he was, after like year. you said, he was in a great position. He had 8 $9 million in cash space. Not only that, he had a core that wasn't his, a core that the city was upset with and was okay if you moved. So you could have shed that whole core. You didn't have to do it one by one the way you did it. It didn't have to be Simmons in 2018, Voracek in 2021, then Giroux in 2022. You could have just ripped the Band-Aid off immediately. You really could have. Oh, easily. Yeah, There's I mean, plenty of other ways you could have gone then. about this. You know how much G would have brought back when he took over the team? Because he was already locked up yeah. for another three years. And if you were going to keep G like you did, why did you surround him with shitty-ass veterans, man? Like, you should have went out and actually got a player. Like, that is, these are the things that drive me insane. I mean, you know, we've listed the acquisitions that he's had. I mean, the, the players that he's, quote-unquote, added to this team the don't lack the, quote-unquote, high-end talent that he keeps saying needs to be on this team. I mean, that's another two—I <laughs> can't believe that's, that's, that's another phrase that he used this offseason. And then he went out and signed Braun, Delorier, and Angelo. Like, how many, how many times did we hear high-end talent? This team needs high... And then, and then he has the balls to say it after the press conference. During the press conference. After the Johnny Gaudreau signs with Columbus press conference. It just... I don't know, man. It's it's frustrating because they want to win, but they're middling. And then they go out and hire Tortorello, who isn't a middling kind of coach. He's going to go out there and try his best. So you're going to get Tortorello to drag this team to the playoffs as the 7th, 8th seed. Hopefully. Because he's the oldest pl- the oldest head coach that they've ever hired, 65 years old. So he's not here to fucking tank. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. He's not here to middle. He's here to win. He's going to win with the roster that you give him, and this is what you do. That's what's so confusing to me. I, always, I keep coming back to that. Yeah. Like your plan was to win and like come back and compete next year, and then you go out and sign Tortorello, and then you go out and get Tony D'Angelo, who's a good hockey player. And then stop. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like you had the ball rolling there, despite what you gave up for D'Angelo and the money that you gave him. You had it going there, and then you just stopped. And that's what's just. I, I just keep going back to that because we're going to middle. They're not going to like yeah, seventh eighth seed might happen, but they're going to be a bad team. I mean, uh, an okay team. So they're going to middle, and Tortorella is going to drag this team to wherever they go. And we're going to pick 12th to 15th in one of the best drafts that has come out within the last five, I mean, since the McDavid draft. And you got two, you got five guys in the top five that would go one, two in the last like four or five NHL drafts. It's insane how talented this group yeah. is. It's clear so. if the Flyers are to succeed, it's, it's not because of Chuck Fletcher. It's in spite of Chuck Fletcher, actually. It's because Tortorello did that good of a job in giving this team identity that Chuck's mistakes didn't fully come into effect and make us miss the playoffs. That, that, that's yeah. basically what I'm getting at. It would be a, a stand-up job by Torts, and no credit should be given to Chuck Fletcher is basically what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you know what's funny? What? Even if, imagine Torts is great. Chuck yeah. didn't even really hire him. They hired an outside agency. They hired an outside agency. They got their favorite <laughs> picks, and then so he he didn't even do that move. So if that move turns out good, he didn't even do it. So that that's funny. But um, what I don't understand about Chuck and the Flyers, uh, I guess this is a problem the Flyers have had for the last like ten years, not just with Chuck, is 
they love going out and getting a five, six, seven million dollar player that's so boring of a signing instead of just bucking up getting an eight, nine million dollar player that gets the entire fan base seeing red. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. would be able to sign those eight, nine million dollar players if you didn't hand out so many five, six, seven million dollar deals. I'll call that middling contracts. If you didn't hand out so many middling contracts. Like, that, that's what really sinks the ship in the NHL. Yeah, I mean... mid-tier contracts, the especially cap, at long-term. The cap does go up soon to, what, 90? So another 8 is added. So, I mean, yeah. those contracts won't look as bad. I mean, still... Yeah, but we'll I have know no star player. Yeah. Yeah, like Travis Konechny. I mean, Travis Konechny at 5-5 five, five isn't bad. I think Konechny is probably the best contract on the team. Maybe, I mean, Lawton at 3 isn't terrible either. Fairview at 5 doesn't doesn't look good right now. I think Couturier, if he can stay healthy at seven, is fine. Well, considering Farabee's for six years, though. Wait, like, hold on. You live with that. Can, can we talk about the Couturier hate that he's currently getting right now, which pisses me off, bro? Is he still getting hate this offseason? Yeah, I'm seeing it all over the timeline. People talking about how he's, like, not a top center in the league. And you know that guy Drew Wheeler on Twitter? Yeah. Snapped. Snapped. Talked. He listed all the centers – over the last, I think, five years, who would have more five-on-five points in the league. It's like McDavid, Gerard Matthews, and um, McKinnon, I think. Those are the only players that have more five-on-five points within the last, I think, five years. I don't know if it's five. Maybe a little bit more. But people, especially Flyers fans, this fan base, they turn on players so quick Despite, I mean, Couturier had 11 points in 10 games last year, I'm pretty sure. Despite having a back And he injury. didn't look himself. Like, we, we went on this podcast and we're like, he's hurt. Like, he oh, just yeah. doesn't look like himself. He's always been slow, but now he's not getting to spots. <laughs> like, he's not winning yeah. races. He's not winning battles. That's not like him. Like, a part of Sean, a part of what makes Sean Couturier so good is that he's in the spot before he's the, the play's been made. He just reads the play so well, and he just wasn't be, wasn't able to get to those spots because of the injury. Like you said, that me and Danny came on his pod and, and, and said, it was 17 points in 29 games last year. Like, played well last, last year before he got hurt. I mean, before he finally had to shut it down. And after, and after finding out what that injury is, to yeah. get 17 points in those games is, is incredible. I mean, it go, yeah. like, Sean Couturier has that has that dog in him. I mean, yeah. let's just say it. Dude, dude. he had a goal, and three assi- uh, a goal and two assists, three points in his last five games before he had to finally, like, cut the core. Because I remember, I don't remember where I uh, saw it or read it from, but I remember them saying that like, Couturier was just like, okay, I, I tried to, to, to give it a whirl, but I can't, so... You know it had to have been bad if, if, if even Coots. Who, how many times have we seen Coots play on an injury? I mean, the the Penguins game, game six, when when Gutis heard him in practice, the torn MCL. That's what it was, right? On his, his left knee, I believe. Yep. Four Five point, point game. game. Five point game. Fuck. I mean, yeah, how he many had times one garbage time. has this guy played injured for this team since he was 18 years old? He's a warrior. I can't wait to see him back healthy. And it's honestly, it's just why he deserves the captaincy. I mean, we, we really could just go into this right now if you want. But to me, it's clear-cut Sean Couturier. He's been here since he's 18. He knows, he's been through multiple regimes. Nobody knows, in terms of every player in the team right now, no one knows the organization, the city, better than him. 
he he signed a deal that even the GM admitted himself was a little bit of a pay cut just to stay here in Philadelphia. And it, it blew up on him. I mean, let's admit it. I'm sure when he signed that, he probably thought, hey, I'm taking a little less money. Giroux is going to get some more money now. We're going to be able to re-up G. And it probably didn't go any way he expected. So no. just honestly, like as a, as a thank you for trusting the org with that contract and with his entire career, because when that contract's up, his career's over. And he'll have been here since he was 18. Yeah. I just think like the there's no one else on this team that you could say has a better case than Sean Couturier. And if, if you if you're telling me Scott Lawton because because he throws hits and screams from the bench, chirps, <laughs> I mean that I don't I don't care about that. I don't think Lawton would be the worst captain. He wouldn't be the ever. worst, but like I feel like it'd be such a slap in the face to Sean Couturier. Like how do you not do Sean Couturier? Remember how you were just saying people were hating on him? Like how quickly people forget how much of a game changer this guy know, is. How good of a on player both he is. sides. Hell, as soon as he leaves the lineup, you notice. Like, you, you 100% notice. That's the impact he has on the game. Yeah. He plays in all areas. I've seen a lot of people. All situations. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter just be like, who gives a fuck who's the captain? Like, okay, that guy can go talk to the ref and stand up in the locker room a couple times. Like, but a good team has multiple captains. A lot of people who, who, who step up and have, like, yeah, Wayne course. Simmons type. But, yeah, I mean, I don't give a fuck. I mean, Lawton should have an A. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Nah. Should be yeah. Couturier should have the C. Lawton should have the A, and then either Provorov or Atkinson should have the other A or Hayes. Just the journey three. Couturier was on. Like he's a guy like the fan base wrote off for so long. Like, oh, there, too. Go, there goes Couturier shooting the puck in the chest again. Like people were people really gave up on this guy. Yeah. I remember like 2015, 2016 before he really broke out. People gave up on him, and the type of player he is now. Yeah. The journey he's been on. I just think it would only be right. That, I mean, yeah, the offense definitely took a while to come with And the area. playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no other old. guy with the chips on the line that I want than Sean Couturier out on the ice. Injury or not. Playoff game six, we need it. I want Sean Couturier on the ice. Oh, I don't sure. give a fuck. Like, yeah. it, it, that's just the type of guy he is. He gets it done. Absolutely. I mean, Lawton's another player. How, I mean, how, how long was Lawton in the AHL before he finally carved the – Carved the roll out with the Flyers. Finally found the game that yeah, he had his to play. Playoff run was great. I mean, huge breakaway goals. Yeah, I mean, it took a while for him. I mean, he he was labeled a bust for how long? We talk about that all the time. That's oh, yeah, why. I love Sky Lawton. I love him. definitely. Like he would be the worst captain in the world. He he would be a good captain. He's number just, two. Like he's, he's absolutely number two. I just think the number one is so clear to me. Personally. Yeah, no, I agree. He's definitely my number two. But I mean, I. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I I think they're going to give it to Couturier. I mean, I think that's the like Danny said, that's the, the clear slam dunk option to give it to him. Yeah. Um, and if Torts wants to wait for training camp, go ahead. I guarantee Sean Couturier is gonna be that guy. <laughs> yeah. For training camp. I know. That yeah. Gets it. He's Have gonna fun. clamp everyone in drills. Not even that, but I mean, he's he he is a leader. The way he just goes yeah, he's about. He's just a true he's professional. A, when have you ever heard anything bad about Sean Couturier? He's a good. When dad. has he ever said anything bad to the media? Like he's a true pro, dude. For sure. Now, I mean, I'm excited to see Couturier back. It's been, it's been a while. But before we end things, we got to talk about the backup goalie and who who it's going to be. I know we touched on it a little bit. He still have the Fedotov situation over there, which is insane. I I honestly don't know what's going on as of now. Um, I know he's somewhere. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there. I honestly don't even like like speaking on it in full detail no, because I don't either. know the full details. No. I don't think anyone does. That so that can't a, just be like. Yeah, that, go ahead. That's I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's the scary situation about it. That's just, that's the scary thing about it. The, the, the situation is that like nobody really knows what's going on and where he is, and 
if he's ever going to get out of there. But and if the reported information is even accurate, like I see it from like, like I'm sure they are well trusted uh, Russian reporters, but I'll see like these reports come out from, let's just say an account that doesn't look official. If you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know if I could fully trust this Russian reporter's information. Like it's the only word we have on them, so I'm gonna take it and, and just assume it's correct. But it's a, it's very vague and it's scary, a slippery right? slope, Danny. Is is what it is. So it is, and I wonder how this plays out because this is clearly like a message sent from any pl- to any player who wants to go over to North America. I just wonder how this plays out down the line in terms of Russian players getting drafted. Yeah. Look at Mitchkov next year. He's the he's yeah. him oh. and Bedard. Yeah, it's, Ooh, it's Mitchkov huge, is dude. Interesting. Man. And 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 Mitchkov signed to the KHL till 2025, so he might not even come wow. over. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's if they're willing to do this on on a star goalie over in the KHL. What are they willing to do for a number two overall pick in the NHL star forward? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's scary to think about. I'd get the fuck out of there as soon as I could for sure. But I mean, as of right now, with Fedotov in the situation that he's in, the the options for backup right now are Felix Strandstrom who played five games last year with the Flyers with a 3-2-3 goals against average and a 9-10 save percentage. Looked good at times. Dude, all things considered, that's pretty solid, man. No, he looked good at times. He really did, given what was in front of him during the season, what he had to come into. That's not terrible at all. And then you also have uh, Troy Grosnick, who they just signed from the Boston Bruins AHL team. Um, I'm pretty sure Grosnick has... Some NHL games played. I don't think it's a lot. But I know he put up some pretty solid numbers last year with the Bruins AHL team. Um, He played two games with the Kings last year. No. That was uh, 2020-2021. I'm sorry. He uh, only played with the Providence Bruins last year of the AHL. 30 games, two goal against average, 9-3-3 save percentage. And then two games in the playoff had a one six eight goals against average and a nine three nine save percentage. So him and Sandstrom, if the Fedotov situation doesn't improve, will probably be the two guys battling for the backup spot if they don't go out and get anybody. And at this point, I don't want anybody that's on the free agent market. So just let those two battle it out, and we'll see where things go. So I mean, yes. that's, that's my who, opinion. Whoever's the odd man out, like you were just reading off uh, Gross Nick's AHL stats, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take that on the Phantoms all day. Yeah. Him and uh, is it yeah? Him and Erickson would be down there, I think. Man, yeah, the Phantoms could be interesting. Phantoms are going to be very fun this year, and I said this a while ago, Danny. There is a slight possibility that the Phantoms would be a better follow this year than the Flyers. They're going to have some guys down there, and if Forster doesn't make the team out of camp, he's going yeah. to go there. Mm-hmm. Dayer Nay is going to go there. Wisdom's there. Zamul is there if he doesn't go. Wiley. Uh, Hogberg, all these guys, like Adam Ginning, even though I know you're not running to the to the AHL TV to watch Adam Ginning, but I mean, Wilman, Sandine. Yeah, it makes your AHL. It bolsters yeah. up your AHL. Cooper Maroody's a guy they just signed to to be that AHL kind of guy. Um, Tuomala uh, is still on a loan. He could still go back to junior, but. A lot of high-end guys that could be there in Forrester, Dayernay, Lazinski possibly if he doesn't carve a roll out, Sandine. So it's very interesting. Hodgson. So th- they like could the, be fun. I would like it if the Phantoms yeah, would love made, it. made a little run this year. I would like to watch some AHL playoff games, watch some yeah. kids get some – especially if the Flyers season goes south. I would love to see some 
high level hockey and someone in our organization have some kind of success. Best case scenario, Flyers are, are a decent team. Like they're good and they stay healthy, knock on wood. They stay healthy. The Phantoms are good. Forrester and Day or Nay are with the Phantoms because the Flyers are decent and are healthy, so they don't need to call them up. And they go into the playoffs and light it up. Like him and Forrester are like two guys up there. Best case scenario, that would be awesome. That's what I'm trying to convince myself of down in the AHL this year. Day or Nay and Forrester lighting it up. Yeah, I just can't stop thinking about how how much of a gamble this is. Like we we really need a young guy to just come out of the woodwork. Yeah, and just like, blow the fuck that's, up. That's, that's what, that's we what need. I mean. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like he, that's what Chuck's essentially banking on. He's banking and I hope on... it happens because I love yeah. these young guys, and I would I would eat it up. Trust me, I'd eat it up. Especially York, and York's a guy that I've been fascinated with all summer because he stayed back. He didn't go home. He stayed. Worked all summer in Voorhees. I know it's still the summer, so it's not over yet. He's been in Voorhees the entire time. He wants to make the team out of camp. And like I said last pod, he's at this point in his development that he should be on the team. And I and I expect him to be on the team next year out of camp. I, I think he'd have to have a really bad camp. And then Zamula would have to have a really good camp for him to lose that spot. I think that spot's York's. Should have been York's last year. Should have, Yandel should have never happened. Um... But like he's a really exciting guy because he works a, a young player on this team that could really be something along with the Frosts, the Farabies, the Tippets, the Cates. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, they're relying – I mean, like I said, the Couturier and Hayes to get healthy, these young guys in Tippett, Frost, Cates, Konechny, and York to take that next step under torch, the defensive system to be better with Hart. I mean – that, that that's what they're banking on than the than the Delorier uh, roaming around and protecting everybody. But like, wasn't that what was Risto was supposed to come in for? And I know Risto doesn't fight, but wasn't he supposed to bring that "Don't fuck with my young talent" presence? Like, why are we signing guys for that exact reason? Yeah, listen, Zach McEwen does that. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh I mean, God. like this, these things aren't like, yeah, we need them. Well, you know what we need? We we need a guy who could do that and still be good. Yeah, that's what we need. That's not out there right now. I know. I was just talking to, to to Molly on Twitter, and I was like, I I wouldn't have minded the Delorier signing if McEwen wasn't re-signing. But wait, hold on. You want to talk about toughness, Matthew Kachuk? <laughs> There's some fucking toughness. <laughs> yeah, but that trade's insane. Like, I, know, I, I yeah, but you get what I, I'm saying. Like, I was a little drunk when I when I tweeted out when that uh when that trade went down. I was out. Out the bar with my boys, and I was like, "Yeah, that, we couldn't I, match that." Yeah, I tweeted a picture out of, of of Chuck sleeping, like the that that meme that I have, and people were like lighting, like not light. I mean, not that I give a fuck, but they were like saying in the in the in the replies, oh, like I understand what you're saying, but there's no way we could have matched that." And like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, obviously, a but package is joke. I mean, for sure, yeah, it was a joke, like. We've been saying that all off. I had I had to do it with this this move, but that that, that trade was insane. They got. The Panthers traded Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwint, a conditional first-round pick in 2025 with Kutruk, and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2025. Like, that is a haul, man. Like, the, 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 I was looking at the Flames roster earlier. They Obviously, they, they aren't as good as last year, but, I mean, they didn't get that much worse, and they lost two superstars. No, and they have, no, dude, and they're so well-coached. They have a great structure. They're, they're going nowhere. Flames are going nowhere. No, I enough. think they're going to be. They, they they might as as crazy as this might be to say, but in the playoffs next year, they might be a little bit 
better because they're better defensively with Uyghur back there. I mean, that really, really, really stabilizes them. I mean, he's a, an extremely good two-way defenseman. And then you got Huberdeau, who, I mean, he's just a, a gifted, gifted offensive player. I mean, like we always used to say, if him and Barkov were anywhere other than Florida, I mean, he'd be one, they'd be one of the biggest stars in the league. So, I mean, now that he's with Rangers. Calgary, Ooh. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, now that they're with Calgary over there, I mean, I mean, it's gonna be fun. I'm really looking forward to see how Calgary bounces back after. Like, I kind of hope they go on a new, a New York Islanders kind of wrong after they lost Tavares. Is is it a stretch Excuse to me. say Florida lost this trade? Clearly, see that's tough. Yeah, I do think it's a stretch because they they gave up a lot. Don't get me wrong. And they're in win now mode. Like they put all of their chips on the table, getting drilled yeah. with the deadline. Yeah. Like this is gonna blow up on them in two to three years. See, I don't think so because of the fact that they traded two guys away that were due contracts next year, were on the wrong side of thirty for a guy who's twenty four years old and who's a unicorn in the league. Like they gave up a lot, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they lost the trade. I I, I think the trade's even, if not Florida winning it. I mean you got a twenty four year old star, man. bro. For a guy who you probably wouldn't have been able to afford with Jonathan Huberdo. Mackenzie Weger, who's like 29, 30 years old. And then a conditional first-round pick, and then Cole Schwint. Like, I mean, I it, it's not like it's not a lot, but it's not. I, I just feel like, I listen, I know it was disappointing, but you're in the same division as Tampa Bay, same division as the Boston Bruins, and you won the President's Trophy. Listen, I, I think, and you already put all your chips on the table. I really think they should have just really tried that again, personally. I don't know. With G or without G? No, like with Huberdo and Uyghur. Like, I, I really feel like they had oh. a President's Trophy winning team, but they lost to Tampa Bay. Like, yeah, they got stymied, but they won the President's Trophy. They were one of the best teams of all time, offensively. I mean, yeah, I mean, they were extremely it, fun to watch. This is, like, you make this move... People assume that the the Panthers are automatically going to be right back in the mix. I mean, how do we know that? How do we know that the Panthers are going to be still the same team that they just were? I mean, you know I, what I'm I I mean, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying, but I mean, I think there's they're still going to be. I mean, their their depth is insane. Um, they're they're the bottom half of their defense wears me a little, but I mean, like their their offense is going to be insane. Bobrovsky like, scares me. Bobrovsky definitely scares you, but you hope Spencer Knight can take that next step. He wasn't that good last year, but yeah, that ten million dollar Bobrovsky contract that doesn't That's end until twenty twenty six is absolutely insane. But yeah, I mean, you got Barkov and Kachuk, Reinhardt, Hornquist, Sam Bennett, Verhage, Duclair, Lusterinen. I mean, you got a lot of good guys on that team: Ekblad, Montour, Forsling, Gudis. I, mean, I think they're going to be a good team this year. They, they play fast, they score goals, um, and they got Matthew Kachuk. So, I, I, I think it's a dub. It's close though. Definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, I just said they're not the biggest market man, and they have a window. Like, when is the last time you've seen the Florida Panthers have a dominant team like this and have a window like See, this? See, I'll it, give you it that. It might not happen again. Is what I'll I'm give saying. you Even that with Kachuk. Absolutely, because I was driving home today and I was thinking that I was like, of all places that he could have went to, he did not go to the best place to market him at all florida is just it's just people just don't care about hockey down there i feel like i mean that building always seems empty especially for a team that it was as good i would kill i would chop my fucking hand off to have a team like that last year like they had last year dude the they goals would be down seven they, nothing i know and, win. Six two, and i would turn my phone 
I'd click on the NHL app, they'd be up. I mean, they it'd be six five, and I look again, six six. I'm like, what the fuck is going? on? It's like a video game. It's like I'm, it's like I'm simming GM mode. It was insane. But at the well, end of the day, I think they're, I think they're going to be a decent team next year. Yeah, yeah, they should be decent. I'm just saying their divisions in this conference crazy is, for it, sure. It, yeah, it's so tough, and that's why, like, with us, it's tough too. And that's why I don't have a lot of faith. If we were in a weaker division, maybe I'd have a little more faith. But it's just the fact it's a murderer's row of teams, dude. Yeah. Like the the Hurricanes, the Bruins, who are always dagger us. The Rangers are good. I mean, even Columbus. Like we always have trouble with Columbus, no matter if they're good or bad. Like it's. I mean, dude, the Atlantic this year is going to be really good. Like the top five, like not in order, but I mean, you got Detroit, who, I mean, (sighs) they're going to be really good this year. They took a step. The, the the players that they added absolutely took a step. You got Tampa, who's always going to be in the mix. Florida, Toronto, and then Boston. You got you got Ottawa, Montreal, and Buffalo, but they're not really going to be much of a factor. But I mean, that's a lot of teams. Ottawa might be a little surprising. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see them them making a little run, but definitely with, not more than the Panthers, though. I know or any of those other teams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying for sure. But I mean, the Metropolitan Division, I think, is the best division in the league. Because There's so it, many it, solid the Metro teams. Metro is so weird because it's like. It's this year, like right, like the Penguins weren't at the top, but next year Penguins will be first somehow. Yeah. Like this is the way it goes, and then the year after that the Rangers will be first. Don't and remember the year the, the Islanders were dominant for a couple of years. Like the Metro is so weird with the way like one team could be so dominant one year and then not be in the mix the next, but it really comes back to the strength of division. It's like you can't slip in this division, yeah. especially in inter uh, interdivision games. It's like. It's always a different team, too, so you never know. You it, never yeah, that's know. what it seems like, and it always seems like one team that you, you think is going to be at the top isn't. It's so weird. Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, to, I want to I talk about York and the young guys. Yeah. Um, Like we were saying, like how him going in the summer and training camp, I really think he's going to pop this season getting that first stint. I mean, I always put a lot of stock into a player getting the first stint because I always think it's a little rough, like, like Faraby got his first stint in the uh, in the NHL, and he had some. He looked good, but inconsistency issues, and he still has them now. But we saw what he was able to take from year one, and then apply to year two, and then he started year two on complete fire. Mm-hmm. And I really think with York and Frost getting that that taste of what the speed is like, what the forward checking is like, what it takes to finish, because like Frost has been robbed a lot, yeah, snake bitten a lot. I really think that these two guys are going to benefit from knowing that they're going to be playing NHL hockey and going into their second sophomore stint, if you will. And I, I really think it's a sophomore stint for Frost. I count that as his first real one. The rest was yo-yo bullshit. No, I, I um, agree. That's something that Frost mentioned on Jason's show today. He really, really emphasized his shot, his the deception like on his shot. Um, and then obviously he said, something interesting he said on Jason's show that kind of made my, my eyes kind of go up a little. I mean, my eyebrows go up a little bit. He was mentioning that despite him definitely prioritizing shooting the puck and having a more deceptive kind of shot, um, he was he, he mentioned how stuff that he needs to work on, on the off the ice is going to help him on the ice. He was like, by me getting stronger, my shot right there gets harder. So he's like, just, just getting bigger and stronger, my shot automatically gets harder. So just focusing on stuff like that is 
something that I mean I is really going to help him because like you said he already has his confidence he had that 15 to 20 game stint last year he knows he's going to be in the NHL this year because he has a one-way contract there's a lot of a lot of honestly Chuck Flesher and the, and the upper management infusing confidence in him which I mean I, I got to tip my cap to them that's what we want it's at least something they've done right with somebody they did it with they did it well with Ferry when AV was here but now after all the yo-yo bullshit like Danny just mentioned with Frost, they're finally dealing with him the right way. You're, you you got to show these younger players that you have confidence in them. And what they did last year towards the trade deadline when they could have sent Frost back and tip it back to be eligible, just on paper they could have sent him back to be eligible for the AHL playoffs just in case the Phantoms did squeak in. He could have done that, and he didn't. He told Frost and Tippett, you're here. You're going to be NHL players till the end of the season. And it, it, Frost admitted in on Jason's show that it really took a took a weight off his shoulder, and it really put instilled confidence in him. And like you said, I think this off season is really going to help. So, do I think he's going to have a sixty seventy point season? I don't know, but I I think he could be a a, a good player in the NHL, and I'm excited to see what he does next year for sure. Him and York are two guys, and Forrester you got to throw in there with Day or Nay. I mean, those are the four guys that I think could be younger players that could really make impacts on this team. Obviously, he's left Cates. I think Cates is going to make the team, but we'll see. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, those, but, those are the main But for guys. every player that or I should say every young player that had to endure last season, and when I, when I say endure, I mean like they they came from a good environment, i.e. University of Michigan, or even the, even the Phantoms, who like Frost, like he was the one C there. It wasn't a bad environment for him. But like, they get thrusted into this environment, interim coach, the veterans have quit on the team, Everyone's quitting on the team, and you're basically just asked to go out there and showcase. And I think there's something to be said for the, the clean slate that yeah. they're going to have this year. Like, you're in there game one. Like, you know, and it's a new coach, too. So, like, you're here for this journey from day one. They're, you're not coming in here game 56, and you have no idea who this guy You have no idea what Zach McEwen's like, and you have to go chat him up. Like, you know the team. You're coming in here with a full 82, new coach, new structure. Every ups and downs of this season you will be a part of. And I really think there's something to be said for that. So if they go on a run, the kids are a part of it. If they struggle in the beginning and then turn it up, the kids are a part of the full thing. I really just think there's something to be said for that. Oh, there's definitely something to be said for that. It's it's, it's learning how to to not only win in this league, but it's learning how to lose in the in this league and how to deal with it. So yeah, full in the travel too, like full 82 traveling on the West Coast road, road trips, like really just getting your first full 82. And like I said in the beginning of the pod. If we're going to do this with the fourth line, let's fucking do this, man. I want to see some fights. I want to see Delorier and McEwen bullying teams, dude. Like if somebody even remotely goes after one of these kids, York, Frost, Faraby, Konechny, any of these guys, I, the next shift, I want to see De- Delorier and McEwen in their face. Like If that's what we're doing, let's do it. Let's bring the, the Broad Street bullies back just on the fourth line. Uh, if that's what we're going to do. That's what I want. Go, let's go full out for all street bullies. Yeah. Like, you know what I beat want? Beat the shit out of everybody. You know what I want, Stubbs? What? This is what I want. Ready? A good hockey team? Oh, well. <laughs> that, obviously, but that, that's not happening. So, Frost gets cheap shotted. I want the bench torts to be screaming at the refs relentlessly. Like, what the fuck? How the fuck <laughs> you missed that? I want torts to look, give a little look to Delorier. Delorier goes out there, sends a message. I just think that would give the young guys so much confidence. 
Like, imagine Frost yeah. and the shift after that. Yeah, dude, I mean, now... Are you kidding me? What's happening to us, man? Last last pod, we're screaming and we're screaming. And now, now, now are we trying to convince ourselves that Nick Delorier is going to spark Listen. this team into something? Like, what the Listen. fuck is going on? No, the, the team's not going to be good. All I'm saying is... <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm, just busting, I'm just breaking your balls. It's just... The team's not going to be good. All I'm it's saying the hopefulness is, in us, bro. I can't blame you. Yeah. I'll do the same shit. It's, it's just a confidence thing. Like, imagine Frost gets cheap shot at and there's no oh Delorier there to then punch the guy in the jaw. But because Torts is going to be screaming at the refs, Frost is going to know, like, yeah, my coach is so passionate. Even he wants this penalty, too. And, like, yeah, Delorier is going to go out there, stick up for him. And then I just think it's going to be a, a big, big like confidence you said, though, builder. And Frost is going to go out next shift and be like, all right, I'm scoring one for Nick. Like like you said, the fucking, like, McEwen could have done that, dude. I uh, yeah, like, you're right. You're right. But he didn't. Sometimes. He, he he's not a fighter. Like, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't fight. He has a, a handful of fights in his NHL career. He, his wrist line is more just like a presence thing. But like, shouldn't that be enough? Stats, dude? I don't like, know. But I know for a fact he does not have a lot of fights. He's not a fighter. Like, how I, many, I, I know do you know how many fights Nick Deloria had last season uh, by any chance? No. I know a lot, though, dude. Like, if you go on YouTube and you type in, type in Nick Delorier fights, it's like you have, like, 50 videos to pick from, dude. You can sit back and have a little night just watching him throw hands with people. That's all he does. That's literally all he does. All right, so, so March 20, yeah, this March 20, 2022, it said he was tied for the league lead with 10. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude. All right. All right. But like you said, though, if we're doing this, we're doing this. Yes. That's, what I'm, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And Tortorello... Like it, it fits it. It fits the the team, the style. He's gonna have he's gonna have this team being a hard nosed, hard to play against team. And yeah, if if he wants to, if Delorier wants to go out there and run some people over, sure. Oh yeah, I'm definitely here for it. Still exactly. wish we got Johnny Gaudreau, but like he's here, so he might as well freaking kill somebody <laughs> on the ice. I agree. I agree. Anything else you want to add to wrap this one up? Um, now I guess that's it. I guess we'll be back next week. Yep. Let's go. This was episode 82. Follow us on all socials at the Liberty L. Follow me on Twitter at TLY Danny and Chris at Chris Stumps. Go floor.